0: All righty, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast with three Canadians at the helm. We're all steering this ship. It's very awkward and we don't really go anywhere, but hey, that's what the show is. What we do on the show is we watch a horror movie every single week and there's three of us and I didn't introduce ourselves. I'm already off to a great start, everybody, but my Mm -hmm. name is Billy Schultz and I'm joined by Alex Wan. How are you, Alex? I'm
1: great. How are you? Oh, I'm
0: doing really well, <laughs> thanks. It's a beautiful. Has anyone here. ever
1: asked you how you're doing? Because you're always asking us how we're doing. Well, you just did,
0: and <laughs>
1: well. I get people asking me how I'm doing. So yeah, what so. one for fifty two? <laughs> I don't remember my... if I've ever done it in the podcast. So
0: well, you've done it now, and you've <laughs> asked good way me to start. In, in our friendship. You've asked me how I'm doing, so I I count that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Excellent. <laughs> I, I'm also joined by Luke Mason. Uh, how are you doing,
2: Luke? I'm great. I was introduced to the steering wheel with my head, so it was a helm met <laughs> that we're in charge of here. <laughs> anyway, it's also cuz like you it, it, don't want to step on your toes of like the how how are you doing question, you know? Sure. Like in the script it says Billy beside that, so I was like, well, <laughs> I'm right, not yes. Billy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think uh, the computer part of my brain says, "Well, I can't ask."
0: Well, thank you for holding to the script. So, um rigorously, you're very yeah. slavish to the the words mm-hmm. uh, on the page, which is it's just amazing for every time I write these whole episodes word for word, like you you follow the script. And I, I admire that about you. Yes.
2: Yeah, no
1: Good job, Luke. You are so smart and <laughs> handsome. No.
2: There is no improvisation of the <laughs> squiggles. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I,
0: I have to say, Luke, your helmet joke just now Right. And my reaction to it just reminds me of, like, mm. I don't know, just, like, listening to, like, anybody's reaction when you tell a type of joke like that really sure. says yeah. a lot about how they are. I was <laughs> listening to the bonus episode you sent me about Scream, and yeah. your co-host on Full Spectrum Cinema, Other Alex, as we call him, was like, yes. ah, the jokes have started already. And, like, just sort <laughs> of moves on. That's
2: <laughs> just like yeah (laughs) his face responds to the joke more kindly than his voice does (laughs) oh good (laughs) good, i've had i've had much crueler and more kind of implacable responses to the jokes more often than that but yes you were right i also if (laughs) i you got me confession moment i do use these jokes as a little bit of like a exploratory for friendship (laughs) type of thing (laughs) I like how to, are they going to respond? Okay. I like to see how people deal with their time being so cavalierly wasted.
1: Well you know what? Like eventually one of them will hit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, as evidenced by our friendship, Luke, it took about
2: three months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm at about a I'm at about a one out of one fifty ratio, which That's not bad. is way better than Jim Carrey odds. <laughs> one in a million. So you're saying there's oh. a chance?
0: Okay. Oh, that was a yeah. That was, that was a it. long walk to get there.
2: <laughs> I don't know, if dumb, that and, joke dumber? Was dumber, dumb and dumber, dumb and dumber reference. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a good thing that you don't mind time being wasted because, hey, uh-huh. that's what this whole show is about. So I hope listeners, you're ready for the next hour to ninety-ish minutes of your time being wasted, and I hope you've got something to do while we're while we're talking about this horror movie because we are here at the end of Listener Request Month, and it's been my my second pick for the month, and I chose a movie from 2014 called As Above, So Below, of which I only know the trailer, because mm. I watched that to do a little bit of research. So, my initial thoughts on what As Above, So Below is, it looks like, kind of, what if The Descent was under Paris? And maybe mm. some psychological torment of people trapped underground in dark, cramped spaces. So, let's get it going on. But, have either of you seen this movie? I can't remember who's who has and who hasn't. Negative. Negative? Okay. Tell us about it. Tell us about what you know about As Above So Alex. I, I don't know anything
1: about it. <laughs> <laughs> First time I heard about it was sure. when you showed sure. me uh, me the list of movies I could pick from, and I was like, I don't recognize this movie, I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> And, and the, the thing about this is I, I couldn't even guess what this movie was about. Like, I could maybe assume it's something underground, but, like, when I picked Ouija 2, I'm like, okay, it's about a Ouija board. Like, the title kind of <laughs> tells me a little bit, but this this title doesn't give me much. For all I know, this could be a movie about mining. It could be, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth. It could be <laughs> Digging a Hole to China. That would be a good movie. Yeah. Make a note. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about this movie. I don't know what it's about. I, have, I haven't even seen what the poster looks like. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't oh, know who's hello. in it.
0: Sweet. So you're really going in blind. I mean, I'm, this is kind of yeah. the opposite title from a, An American Werewolf in London, which we were like, this gives away too much. Like, as above, so below. You got nothing. You're getting nothing from it, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like my movies to tell, like, I like the titles to tell me a little bit more than a little bit less, because at least I'll I'll kind of... It'll either pique my interest or not. For this one, sure. it's it's so vague w- that, that like, I can't even... Like, I'll be honest, I can't even pretend to be really interested mm. if I'm just hearing the title of the movie. Right, yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. But, wow. you know, you picked it. A viewer requests Or a, a listener requested it. So I will go in with... <laughs> just, like, neutral t- expectations. I'll, I'll go in with some tisms. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> tisms, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> just the tism.
0: Just... <laughs> okay, well, Luke, you you did say you've told me I think either on yeah. last episode or in off air sometime that you have seen this one. So, what's your what do you know about this one without spoiling it for yeah, us? Yeah. Uh, I've it?
2: I've I've seen it. Yeah, only once I think. It's a found footage film actually. Ooh, okay. So it's that style again. Yep, catacombs of Paris, and I will try to fill in a couple blanks for you, Alex, without spoiling anything but as above so below is a kind of like tablet inscription from the middle ages which is supposed to denote like what you see in heaven you can see on earth too so it's like Uh, okay the alchemists used it as like part of the there's like occultic motifs, medieval Christian motifs. It's like of the era just before the scientific revolution. So like people were just starting to think about how to incorporate their supernatural world with their natural world kind of thing. So there will be a supernatural element to this movie because it is based on a pseudo Christian kind of like whatever the Middle Ages version of like offshoots of Christian would be would be something like this, so like fourteenth century Seventh day Adventists or Mormons or right, uh, right, like right. whatever that was. The two the te- the night templars, right? Like these secret societies that oh, have sure, sure, sure. elements. And obviously Paris would have been a place where this kinda happened. So that hopefully doesn't give away too much of the film without but it still lets you know that is this a French movie? No. No, no, no. It's a American movie, but just set in Paris. Cool. Uh, an American a- movie set in Paris. And it's <laughs> like in <an> America, <laughs> I, I remember liking it. So we'll, we'll see. I don't remember the details so much, but you'll, you know, I, I think my Discord name will make more sense after you see the movie.
1: <laughs> sure. It's also a found right. footage movie. So yeah. we'll mm-hmm. see if, like, so when, when did this movie come out? 2014. 2014. So maybe it'll be because yeah. we, because, you know, not only have you seen a lot of found footage movies, Luke, now I have seen a lot of found right. footage movies as well. Maybe I'll be like, oh, this would have been cool <laughs> if
2: I saw it for the first time. Maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought you are seeing it for the first time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, but the first found footage movie, I think. Like, you first, oh, like found, footage, <laughs> like, found <laughs> footage effects, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because the paranormal activities have come out by this point, Mm. right? It's sort of around this time. There's, there's been the found footage genre has kind of found its legs, I guess. And it it seems like this is maybe a point where they're like, what if found footage plus, you know, this different scenario or this scenario. So I'm kind of interested to see what they can do with that one. And yeah, if it's the catacombs of Paris, I definitely, Well, it is the Catacombs of Paris, I guess a spoiler, apologies, but (laughs) it's evident in the trailer and then the poster as well has the Eiffel Tower and like a bunch of bones on it. So, but like, you know, that's a very creepy place to just be in. And then also if that's found footage, like, ooh, yeah. So I can't wait to get into it. I think we'll, we'll dive in. We'll watch it. It is available on YouTube to rent. I couldn't find it on any other streaming platforms, but so if you want to watch it, check out YouTube and yeah, we'll spoil this movie when you finish hearing the trailer And I'd recommend please checking out doesthedogdie.com for any other trigger warnings. And yeah, we'll see you after the break. My name is Scarlett Marlowe, and I'm a student in
2: urban archaeology. 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history. How are we supposed to get down there? Catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. They're
0: holding the remains of six million
1: corpses.
2: Stop. This is the empire of the dead. These are human bones. We go through here.
0: Let's do it. Keep it slow and steady, yeah?
2: I think I'm stuck. Just breathe with me, please. (sighs) It's okay. What was that? Go forward! Go forward! Is everyone okay? I think I am. What the hell do we do now, huh?
0: We can't go back. We should just keep moving. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. It's exactly the same. No. Everything's upside down.
2: What happened to the entrance?
0: Wait. There's something here. Oh my god. What the hell is this? When I was a kid, we had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. What's going on?
1: Can you read that? According to mythology,
2: that's the inscription over the case of hell. And they shall be made to crawl on their bellies and enter the kingdom of darkness. Did you
0: hear that?
1: take it away or keep going as above so (laughs) below is a 2014 american horror film written and directed by john eric dowdle and co-written by his brother drew the title refers to the popular paraphrase of the second verse of the emerald tablet it is presented as found footage of a documentary crew's experience exploring the catacombs of paris and was loosely based on the seven layers of hell It stars Perdita Weeks, Ben Feldman, Edwin Hodge, Francois Civil, Marion Lampert, and Ali Marhiar.
2: (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Yes, the very well-known Emerald Tablet. We all know that. We don't need to look that up. That's uh, just common knowledge at this point, right? Yeah. (laughs) What? what?
1: This movie fucks.
0: (laughs) Oh, this synopsis fucks and this movie fucks. Well... (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful synopsis. Is that from Wikipedia? That is from Wikipedia. .org? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't like find it engraved in the side of like some sort of black <laughs> onyx bowl and like take a video picture of it and then bring mm-hmm. it to us.
1: <laughs> no. As it was about to blow up. As it was about to blow up. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> I I teased this <laughs> I teased this to Luke before we started rolling tape Alex, so I'll tell you now but this movie for whatever else we come down on it Whatever else we decide about it, this movie gave me one of the biggest and most frightful scariest parts of any movie we've done for this podcast, so it are, it has at, at least that many points in my camp, but... Can I take
1: a guess as to what I it is? What no. Well,
0: you can, but okay. I'll bleep it
2: out. <laughs> okay. Because I'm gonna say it later. Okay, is it is it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Art mimics life... No, I'm gonna beep it out
0: still, but no, you're... Oh, no it's not that? You okay. just have to wait. <laughs> Okay, I picked this movie. I'll give in my my first take on it and then Luke, I want you to go second so you're on deck because you've seen it. Or no, I want you to go last, Luke. I want Alex, you to go second cuz you'll you'll have seen
1: you've seen this one. Should I go first? Before, Luke.
2: I to no, go first.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go first. <laughs> you know, Luke, if then you're, you're going to go first and you're not even going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, she was a great and character. I in. loved her. <laughs> Jesus, Luke, don't do it.
0: <laughs> okay. First takes. This movie, for the first about forty minutes, annoyed me and made me like throw my hands up and scoff and just sort of like roll my eyes. And I was really annoyed with like how quick, how goofy, how uh, just unbelievable it all was. But then when what the hell was that? It was a weird <laughs> noise.
2: <laughs> was it the devil? I don't know. If,
0: I don't know if the <laughs> mic picked it up. But hang on, there's a burning car in my kitchen. That's probably oh. that's probably fine, right? That's probably fine. Yeah. No, uh, when when the like scares and when the cave stuff happened and the catacombs and the claustrophobia, that like changed it into a different movie for me. That made me like it a bit more because I I really think that once you got that fear and you got that closeness and the dark and the just sort of like weird non sequitur stuff and like very very. Very spooky scenes, even though they are ridiculous and 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 heightened to a insane degree, it changed, and I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's clever on the movie part where it's like it's one thing until the middle and then it like flips and then it's a different thing. I feel like that might be giving this movie more credit than is due, <laughs> but
2: yeah, as before, know, so know, not two after. Months.
0: yeah as before so not after it's so not after (laughs) so yeah i I, i'm gonna dive in with it i'm gonna parse out all my feelings and and talk about it with you as we do on the show so that's my initial takes but Mm. alex
1: first time seeing this you hadn't seen anything about it what do you take what do you what do you think first initial takes this was this movie was a much shittier national treasure (laughs) (laughs) But a better The Descent, I thought. A better The Descent. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Okay, overall, I don't think I like this movie very much. I don't think it was very good as a movie as a whole. Mm -hmm. I thought, as ridiculous as National Treasure was, I thought National Treasure made more cohesive sense than this movie. (laughs) In terms of kind of like the, oh, ancient secret societies and riddles and little clues and fucking touching walls and shit. I thought National Treasure was much more fun and exciting than As Above So Below Mm. in terms of that. Mm, Okay. You know, National Treasure on its own is like, as fun as it is, it's not a very good movie. So that kind of, (laughs) that's how I feel about this one. Sure. I really, really did not like the main character of Scarlet. (laughs) I'll go into more detail with that later, but <laughs> yeah. like how much I disliked this character affected the way that I experienced <laughs> this movie. Like any mm. any time that there was any tension with this character or this character was in danger, I was like, I don't care. This character sucks <laughs> and I hope she perils, you know, as shitty of, of a thing it is to say about a fictional character. That's what I was thinking for most of this movie. Like, I don't care about Scarlet. Yeah, it was just kind of, I thought it was a jumbled mess of trying to be smart, trying to be clever, but really not making much sense. And like you, me as an audience member, that's not really, I don't like, I'm not knowledgeable at all about, you know, all those kinds of ancient hell descriptions and riddles and stuff. Like, like I, I wasn't interested. I didn't care for it.
0: Mm.
1: Maybe because, I don't know, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I'll think about why i didn't like it as much later but then sure. in terms of like the scary stuff that happened i don't think this was a found like it was a found footage movie and i don't think it did anything like new to the genre it wasn't really like no yeah. anything cool about it but it was it was atmospheric i i felt really claustrophobic at times and you know there were a couple scares that were pretty scary and like as a horror movie i think this was okay as a movie itself i don't think it was very good Hmm. But yeah, those are All my right. thoughts. Like, if you want to watch a movie about finding ancient treasure, I would recommend <laughs> National Treasure over as above, so below. Is
0: this your third favorite ancient clues leading to a lost treasure movie behind Nash-
1: National Treasure and The Da Vinci Code? I've actually never seen Da Vinci Code.
0: <laughs> well, it's
1: very much reminiscent of this. <laughs> it would probably go like The Last Crusade and then... <sighs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. National Treasure, and then National Treasure 2, and then as above, so below.
0: <laughs> okay. it's good to know. All right, well, Luke, you waited so patiently. I'm going to go again, actually, so if you could mm. just wait a little bit longer. No, I'm just yeah. Kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> what, how did you like this one upon rewatch?
2: <laughs> well, I think you're right, Alex. The, the movie features of this film are subpar. The acting is not great, I would say. It feels like people trying to act real in a found footage movie versus people in a found footage movie pretending like being real. So like there's right. a kind of mm. almost third order awareness of the characters that makes it feel like, Oh, they're over dramatizing it because they know they're on film kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This movie would have done a lot better if the cameras were less referenced than, then it made it feel like the acting was just over the top because of that. So Yeah, I don't think the acting was very good. And, like, this might be the most realistic found footage movie in how um, seizure-inducing it is with the camera movements. And, like, (laughs) okay, this is actually how cameras would move if someone, an amateur, was filming without actually making a movie. Well, if an amateur was filming as a cave was falling on top of them. Yeah, exactly. It's (laughs) just, like, there are so many seizure-inducing, like, frenetic parts of this that I didn't need you know, like it didn't make me feel good. Yeah. So the technical and the visuals were not great. I mean, there, there were some cool like shots and some cool scary shots with, I especially liked the way that they portrayed what i assume is the devil or the grim reaper or father death kind of thing like i thought <laughs> that, that was what really that was good. i think so yeah. yeah okay my bad yeah i thought was just I chilling that one i think but i thought I it think was just supp- a homie chilling out no i think we're supposed <laughs> to assume that that's death because i mean i what? assumed that because he was wearing like the cloak and the hood that is the stereotypical version of death and books, books and the whole
0: uniform yeah, yeah. yeah. i
2: thought it was Ghostface. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, <laughs> you know, in Scream, they don't call him Ghostface, and the costume that they show in the school says Father Death. So. Oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, Scream has above-so-below connection, but probably the <laughs> only one. <laughs> uh, well, now so, I want to make it my mission to
0: reference Scream in yeah, every yeah. sentence.
2: <laughs> and, no. yeah, the plot was just like, how do we make this movie, but at, like, one and a half times the plotting pace of a good movie. Because <laughs> everything's just like, boom, 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 boom. So fast. Okay, okay, so okay, fast. okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> that, that's like unsettling. So yeah, I, as a movie, I agree, Alex. I don't think this is terrible, but it's subpar for sure. By far and away, the strongest part of this film are its is its mythos and its themes. And it's a little bit bizarre because I actually think the themes are really good. And so I was like, oh, these themes are kind of wasted on this movie. (laughs) So, (laughs) kind of like, obviously, Candyman was a much better movie than this, but you said in Candyman, Alex, you were like, the movie was too intelligent for the genre. I think the themes deserve a better film than this because I think okay. it's really interesting to dive certainly into the mythos of like the Philosopher's Stone and Nicholas Flamel. And so you get your like Harry Potter tie in there too, kind of for the audience. And I like National Treasure. I like those kind of movies, even though the Dan Brown novels are kind of pulpy they're they're fun I like reading them I like the lost symbol I like Inferno you get your Dante right and all of this you get like these ancient screeds but then I really liked the take on like hell is what you bring with you kind of thing and like hell is inside yeah, okay. of you and you're Part of it is like how you beat yourself up over your trauma and you don't like reconcile your own past behavior or feelings or thoughts with now. And so like there's a disjunct and like there's a pretty cool interpretation of hell, which is like that. Right. Like hell is what is what you have inside of you that you haven't dealt with yet. Yeah, well, it
0: it goes back to Hellraiser 2, where it's like everyone mm-hmm. has their own personal hell. And it kind of yeah. expands on those themes a little bit, which is and, cool. And
2: of course, Christianity more broadly has made that like a literal place or a physical place because metaphors like are... 41 feet down. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little bit harder to compel behavior with metaphors than with literal. Right. <laughs> <places. Yeah. laughs> so, you know, that's not a surprise, but... And then the scene where she returns the Philosopher's Stone and she finds the real stone and it's a mirror and it's herself. So it's like she's her own. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Obviously it's her because it's a mirror. But like that's what the Philosopher's Stone actually is. The the immortal life or like the life-giving thing is actually in you. It's inside of you. You can Mm -hmm. bring it out yourself. So like these themes are really interesting and deserved a better (laughs) film than they got. (laughs) Because the movie itself was not great, but the mythos uh-huh. and the themes were, I, I want more of them. I think that they're really interesting. Yeah,
0: that whole sort of the whole, like, journey into hell and, and, and I've read Dante's Inferno a great many years ago and and you know, that is such a I mean, it's a good tale and, you know, you get, like, a lot of cool imagery, but it is all, like, yeah, steeped in metaphor and mm-hmm. symbolism and stuff and, and this movie kind of felt like they had the premise of, like, what if, like, in the catacombs, there was a scary place that was kind of like hell, and then they worked backward from it but 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 when they got the like beginning part of the movie like to get them in there, it just happened so quickly and it happened in such a way that yeah. was like i don't know, maybe I just don't like the idea of i don't know an adventure movie where it's like oh we've we've had this this inscription for six hundred years, and nobody noticed that there was something on the back until oh like." I, I read it a little bit differently just like one time or like a you know it's like the goonies they find you mm-hmm. know the the treasure of one-eyed Willie in the cave and like no one has ever found this before like it's impossible to me that nobody has ever found these these things Close. that have been hidden for yeah. centuries until the chosen one or the the right the person with the right stuff came in and, and found it out and I mean that was something that was very enticing to me when i was a kid like reading fantasy and stuff and there's like a lot of books that had those things where it was like young people or kids who see things in a way that the grown-ups don't and so they notice the magic and they notice the world is is broader and richer than the like boring grown-ups around them and so like that's kind of cool because you can put yourself in those shoes and be a protagonist but now i'm just like it's too easy in 2014 Mm -hmm. there'd be like a reddit page about this there'd be there'd be like information where you can find all of this so fast and you're not going to, like, go to a museum and be like, oh, well, that one's holding a star and that one's holding a sword
2: and the key is on its back, so... Scarlet just (laughs) wanted the truth. She She just wanted the truth. uh, And when someone uh, just wants the truth, it makes them, like, a great character, you know? (laughs) She just... (laughs)
0: She really knew what she was after and she went for it and she... She (laughs) didn't stop for... Any sort of logic at all. And yeah, I mean, that's a great place did to start. The film. Let's talk about Scarlet. I mean,
1: well, also like, about her. just like the whole kind of mythology and like mm, stuff of this movie. It was just like, how can we get things from eight different cultures and somehow <laughs> connect them? Like mm, Nicholas yeah. Lamel is like, he's French and he's trying to find the Philosopher's Stone. And then they link that to like alchemy done by, you know, people that lived in, Iran and like put symbols on a bowl, and somehow that's connected to you know the catacombs in Paris, and and there's somehow there's a dead there's there's there's, there's, like Egyptian hieroglyphics, and then there's like Greek, and they reference Dante, who's like what Italian, and then there's like a Knights Templar (laughs) there, uh, like on his two like it just Just everybody that plays it at (laughs) all. You know, I kind of talked about this, you know, before recording. It's like you can barely get four students to work on a university project together, let alone, like, what what is this? Like, we have seemingly five, six different civilizations from many different eras of human history working together for this one thing. Like, it... It was... (laughs) It's a quest (laughs) for eternal life. Mm. And there was like, yeah, it was dumb. It was very dumb.
0: (laughs) Complicated escape room puzzles. Like, that's all it was. It (laughs) felt like, you know, they... (laughs) oh my god Scarlet in Syria the movie starts out in Syria she's like going to explore these tunnels that are literally minutes away from blowing up and (laughs) right away I was just like no if this was me if I'm Scarlet if I'm Scarlet in this movie and something is set to blow up at sundown and it's 10 minutes before sundown I just I guess I'll miss it like I can't do anything if I have something to do at like 3 p.m. That starts at 3 p.m. From like 2:30 onwards, I'm useless because I'm just thinking about what starts at three. Like, there's mm. I was like, I can't start anything. I can't get any work done. I've got to focus on this thing <laughs> happening at three. This whole half an hour might as well not exist. And she's like, Well, well they're going to blow it up in
2: a minute, so I guess I have time to walk
0: miles <laughs> underground.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a hard time finding the philosopher's stone, Billy. <sighs> I guess so.
0: I guess it's just not the you're just not thing. as
2: committed as her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a
1: backstory of how her like travel visa got delayed so you know that's why it's all 10 minutes oh, before explosion right. because you know someone fucked up the paperwork along the way if it had been that's done actually correctly, she course. would have been there, da- there
2: months ago actually that's the most believable part of the movie <laughs> it really is it really is because she she has her little
0: camera and then She also doesn't have, like, a Polaroid or she doesn't have a phone to take pictures of. She's just got to be like, okay, I'm looking at the bull. I'm looking at the bull. Okay, I got to go. Like, (laughs) it's just, uh, it's it's
2: so silly. She's certainly obsessive. She's an obsessive person. And I don't know, like, I think the payoff of that is supposed to be her, like, subconscious guilt around her father. And right. there is definitely, like, something there to talk about. Again, like, good themes, they would draw out a broader conversation around the deeper things that are being alluded to. But again, just even the technique of this movie made it hard to have it settle in because of the pacing, right? There's, like, yeah, a very, very quick, quote-unquote, reconciliation between her memory of her father and herself, right? but it's like while she's running to save George so it's kind of it's weird to like okay on this 100 meter dash you're gonna reconcile your past trauma yeah okay yes I got it and then she does so okay (laughs) yeah There's there's a huge disjunct between how this movie portrays itself and what I think it might be asking us to think about more deeply if only trauma could be solved so quickly huh
0: Right, yeah. it's just just you gotta just really just brush past it and go as fast as you can, and and then you'll have magic powers. I it's guess.
2: tokenistic. But, it's like oh oh okay, this is mm-hmm. the thing. Yep, fixed. <laughs>
0: I fixed it. I figured it out. I, yeah. like, and that's the thing with with this movie that really that really bugged me is like the metaphor of them resolving their own personal traumas and figuring out ways to to come back and and you know to delve deep and find your way back to the light. Like that's all very wonderful and metaphoric and stuff. And if you're hearing this like squeaks that are happening on the track right now, folks, somebody in an apartment around me is moving furniture around. So Mm. that's what that is. But the, it only works because there's only three survivors. And so like, why didn't Papillon? Why didn't the Banshee? I can't remember her name. Like, why didn't they get a chance to be redeemed? Why didn't Benji get a chance to be redeemed? Like, obviously it's a horror movie. It needs to have a body count because that ratchets up the tensions, but it's like, okay, some of them have traumas that are enough for them to be like, I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. I forgive myself, and then I'm fine. And some of them are just like, crushed to death by rocks. And that's... <laughs> oh
2: well, well, We I think with <laughs> there isn't enough information given in the movie for us to know, so we write in our own reasons, right? <laughs> like, right. maybe maybe Pablon was a drunk driver or something and killed that guy, because... You probably noticed, but the guy in the back seat of the burning car was the same guy that told them originally to go find Papillon, to to take oh. them into the catacombs, and yeah, like the shaggy hair. And when they turn around, he's gone. So I think right. we're supposed to infer that he was yeah, like a ghost or a demon or something <laughs> or a spirit. So maybe Papillon was like, because like George's trauma. is not his fault. Like, he blames himself for Danny's drowning, but he was just a kid, too, and he got lost, kind of. He shouldn't have gotten lost then, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, if we want to
1: equate, like... If Getting we're solving dramas in a hundred meter dash, then you know, let me fix it, <laughs> yes. okay?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papillon,
1: just don't set your car on fire, George. Well, we don't it. actually don't know lost. what happened with
2: that. Like that's the yeah. point. We don't get the backstory. Well, of the I, car I assume situation.
1: it's we. You know, we got Chekhov's scar. He's like, how did how do you get that scar? Mm-hmm. So I assume like they were yeah, in a we got car crash and like he tried to like open a hand or something got burned and was like, sorry, I can't save you. I'm a dip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, <laughs> And that but, like okay, it's also. <laughs>
2: And the scary looking woman only appears to Benji, so maybe she's someone from his past that he wronged or something. Yeah. And then I don't know about maybe Susie and Lataup had some sort of tryst that didn't end well, I don't know. Like no, maybe, I think yeah. I think with them we can like inscribe our own reasons because the movie doesn't really <laughs> Okay, but okay,
0: okay. So that that all makes sense. But then remember this one: we're leaving out a very pivotal character of this movie. We're leaving out Zed, who survives to the end of the movie. Where mm-hmm. it's like Scarlett's trauma is she didn't answer the phone, and her dad was obviously depressive and took his own life, and she is guilty for that. She's like, if I just answered the phone, he might still right. be here, right? Like, so she's got that guilt. George is guilty because they're caving. He and his brother were caving. His brother got his leg pinned under a rock. George went to go get help, got lost. Danny, as a result, drowned. And Zed has
2: a kid he doesn't acknowledge.
0: Like, that is like, which one of these things is not like <laughs> the other? It's kind of... <laughs> I,
2: I thought I thought his trouble was around his very poor De Niro impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It might as well have been, because it was kind of on that level where it was like... Okay, these ones have a lot of trauma. And he's like, yeah, I just don't acknowledge my kid. Like, that's pretty shit. Like, it's shitty, but Mm -hmm. it's not on the same level as losing a family member.
2: Maybe now he will acknowledge and become a more involved father.
0: Maybe. Dad of the year. Dad of the year.
2: (laughs) As before bad dad, so now good dad. So now good dad. No, instead of going through
1: hell, all he needed was, like, push a T to, like, do a diss track on him oh that's a dis. that's a diss track reference very good thank very you yeah. that's a really <laughs> good diss track what's a diss track a good one? One. i'll link it to you mm. later luke
2: oh okay okay
0: good so yeah the 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 opening of this movie like happens happened so quick and it's all just a vehicle to literally get them into the catacombs like they need to get a catacombs they need to find a guide they find papillon who I guess they got the tip from a ghost if we're to believe that the ghosts are real, but also the trauma is in our mind. So I guess Papillon's ghost trauma was like, hey, go find this guy because then he can come and deal with this, his trauma. And so like they get into the caves and then it's still like, it's still more Goonies stuff until they go into the like literal place that says, <laughs> abandon all hope, uh, abandon I'll hope ye who enter here, the, the inscription on the gates of hell. But one of the other clues that really annoyed me, and I'm going to talk about this because I talk about a lot of what annoys me in movies, is there's a clue that just says the winged vulture is the way, and like, what vulture doesn't have wings? Like, why would, why would that be specific enough to <laughs> give you the
1: right answer? I mean, I'm in asking. their defense, <laughs> when the clue is the winged vulture gives the way, and you're in catacombs, and you... I'm going to follow the first winged vulture I see in those catacombs. Sure, okay. Like, contextually, right? Like, obviously, if I was in a zoo or, like, I don't know, the savannah, I'm not going to follow the first winged vulture I see there. But if I'm in, like, the the Paris catacombs, I know for a fact that there are probably going to be zero to one winged vultures down there. I'm going to follow the first one I see
0: you you talked me into it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah Alright, I agree. Well and here <laughs> is, lousy
1: with vultures.
2: <laughs> Herein lies Scarlet and George's expertise, which gets them through many a puzzle in this mm-hmm. cave. Even though Papillon et al. are the spelunkers we didn't know we needed. Fortunately Scarlet and George are the clue solvers that nobody has. Puzzle for. <laughs> Right. <Yeah. laughs>
1: it was a grad student's part time job creating like an escape room, really. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was such, and it was so like the, everybody went in with like we've done escape rooms. I think we've done escape rooms together, and even though those escape rooms are very like, yeah, they're not like super hard. They're <laughs> tricky, but they're not like you know what's on the line is. Whether or not you get your photo taken with a, like, we solved it at the end. And it still takes us to be like, I don't know. What do you think this combination is? Is it 536? Is it 635? I don't know. Let's make sure before we go in. And they're just like, okay, we have to move. There's a bunch of rocks we can move. Either we move the right one, then we live, or we all die. And they're like, it's five. It's number five. Here we go. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, to be that confident ever. <laughs>
2: This isn't Scarlet's first Tomb Raider mission. Yeah, can we talk about Scarlet? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about Scarlet. Okay. Best character of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, she's my favorite. I would have been fine if she was the only one.
1: I think it was like maybe 10 minutes into the movie that I put in the chat. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like Scarlet. And then like 10 (laughs) minutes after that, I was like, Scarlet like really sucks. She sucks so much. I think, okay, if we're talking deep themes about this movie, if we're trying to, like, talk about (laughs) deeper themes, I think a deep theme of this movie is that the greed of knowledge is equally as bad as the greed for physical possessions, okay? Okay. So, like, obviously she's not, like, trying to steal from people. I mean, maybe she is. But, like, she, she, she wants to find the philosopher's stone because that's what her dad was doing and she feels guilty about his death. So she, I guess she's trying to carry on his legacy, but the, the ways that she does it is just like, you're a person of poor character. You are a <laughs> shitty friend. You are like, just like someone who's just so selfish and doesn't see anything besides like immediately what's in front of her, you know, like she knows that, George's younger brother drowned in a cave long ago. She has this knowledge, but she's like, No, George, you're coming along. We're going down to the catacombs where there's probably water. And when when George finally tell like says what happened, Benji's like, she's like, sorry, no, Benji, it's okay. You didn't know. It's not your fault. But Scarlett, you fucking knew. Scarlet, so knew. it is your fault. Like, but yeah. she's like pushing, she knows that George like is not comfortable doing something constantly pushes him to do it and is like not supportive in any other way and I just don't I don't like how they reconcile at the end because if I was George I'd be like, no, fuck you, you got me in this mess.
0: I didn't want to go to the cave, Scarlet. Yeah, I think that's really important to to bring up because the idea that she's so driven that she's got this task and she's willing to overlook anything in the pursuit of this task is a major character flaw because yeah, she doesn't respect George's wishes. He's very clear from the get go of being like, "I don't want to help you. I don't want to help you." And she just like pesters him into it until he's like, "Fine, I'll translate for you." And then, "I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down there." And then we get surprise cop attack, and he
1: has to go down in the. the well, and then she's like, "No, you're going down." Like he's a, it's She's just like, so yeah, she's not fucking inconsistent. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and then like, like just like all the other kinds of like so non socially aware. Like, okay, so George is pulling all these strings to get them into Nicholas Flamel's, like, tombstone. And it's like, oh, thanks for this favor. We're looking at all the clues and shit. And it's like, oh, I bet it's behind. And just immediately starts, like, she's... Takes it off. She's the fucking kid that, like, just doesn't know when to stop. And it's just like, (laughs) just think for a second. Like, nothing... Like, the world does not fucking revolve around you. Like, zero consideration for anybody, anything... That like that seriously irked me as a character well, and I was just I was so upset at this character that maybe like I kinda lost sight about what the point of this movie was. But because sure. they wrote in such a shitty character that I automatically didn't like, like anything she did, I was not invested in at all. And I just didn't care. Like the only one I was rooting for I was rooting for everybody else, but you know, like they're they're not important to the story. She <laughs> And she does she's the one the- that lives, it sucks. <laughs> Sorry, I said it. Right. <laughs>
0: she's not does the, the only thing that. No, no, a couple of people live. But she does the thing that I always do in D&D games when I kind of want the story to progress. Like, you know, it, it's obviously not the <laughs> wisest move to just, like, step into a room or touch the thing because you're going to set a trap off. But in d and I'm sometimes like, you know what? I want a next encounter, so, like, let's see what happens. And so she, like, did that in real life. She's just, like, in Syria, she's, or not Syria, in Iran, she's, She's in the cave. There's a bunch of writing on the wall. And the first thing she does is just like pickaxe. And it's like bashing
1: a hole in the wall. And, and the guy's like, like what Whoa. are you doing? And she's like, it's gonna blow up anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter.
0: And so like yes, it's it's worked for her in the past. She's got her way. Obviously she's found great success with this, but it's like yeah, this isn't like a way to engender people to be friendly to you or want to help you uh, apart from you like bullying them into it. And so she was a very grating character to to deal with it just
1: yeah and then the she fact pulls that people in the bullshit situations <laughs> that they don't want to do like right like at the start when they're looking for george she just breaks into the church and benji when when he's filming is like what are you doing right like she's like we have to break in here quietly the loudest lockpicks you've ever seen
0: in your life open the door george is up there but he's also like a guy who just breaks into stuff and fixes it and it's like is this charming or is this the thing that would get you into a lot of trouble like
1: you know all those <laughs> parisians are like oh my god we got i was so glad when those bells stopped ringing 240 years ago and now they started again which asshole fix this it's <laughs> yeah. so
0: loud george. i need to sleep i don't want the church bells to ring <laughs> thanks for nothing george but yeah she just she just barrels in and she does does it in her own way and you can tell that she kind of like she was supposed to be like charming and quirky but it just kind of came off as, like, abrasive and uh, and obnoxious in, in her character. And then the fact that she ends up as being the one with the magic power who, you know, the power was inside you all the time. You have the power to solve your trauma and whatever. Give your dad a real quick hug. Okay, off you go. You learned your lesson
1: at the end. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> she was, like, well, an
2: unapologetic Kool-Aid man. I fucking hated her.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: All right. To, to do some armchair psychologizing here on her. She's like monomaniacal yeah. because mm-hmm. she's, she's, like, I see her, like, desire to over-educate, to be so singularly focused, knows four live languages, two dead ones, has two PhDs and one master's kind of thing, like, I would, my, my amateur <laughs> psychologist here would perhaps ruminate on her feeling like she needs to compensate for not coming through for her dad at some time, like not being enough, even if it's just one time of like not answering the phone. But like, who knows what else is stemming from that? So I think she's like a, a cartoon version of someone who is... I don't know the correct medical term in in clinical psychology, but like compensating for perceived inadequacy in other realms of her life that she can't, hasn't wrestled with consciously yet. So Mm -hmm. like, I think again, giving this movie more credit than it is due, I, those would be kind of social symptoms you might see in someone suffering in this manner or, or dealing with this kind of trauma. And that's not an excuse. Like, it's not like, oh, that makes what she did. Okay. It's like the difference between a reason and an excuse, kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if she was going to get help, this is where I might start if <laughs> I was in this well, place, right? I think in a better
0: movie, a better a better written movie gives you more clues to the fact that she is trying to kind of live up to her dad, or she is trying to like hold his memory, or mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, that all makes sense, Luke. But it takes it takes somebody sort of. <laughs> pulling that out of the i'm reaching know, the real water. deep you're reaching <laughs> real deep to deep. pull that out and in a better movie they could have given you a couple little hints of dialogue of being like you know they, they mentioned a little bit about her dad pursuing this and and he couldn't find it and so she's she's obviously and we do see an his image his of him at the beginning
2: right mm-hmm. like we see like yeah. in that first cave that's about to be blown up it's like her dad hanging from the ceiling kind yeah. of thing
0: So we see that guilt, but it would have been just nice if there was like a little bit more of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe George being like, hey, you're always like so focused and you don't notice the people around you. You don't notice who you're hurting. You don't notice how it's hurting them. And like have that sort of be a bit more of a realization instead of her like literally just seeing her own face in the mirror Mm -hmm. and being like, oh,
2: (laughs) you know what? Now that you put it that way, it makes me think that this movie tried really hard to get the reward of a deep movie, but without, like, investing in the story lead up to the payoff. You know, it wanted it wanted the payoff without... The trial and the good movie making to get there, which maybe is a metaphor for all of the people who wanted the treasure from The alchemists without actually <laughs> earning it. So maybe it's much Whoa. deeper than we think. But like, <laughs> if you can compare this movie to a movie like The Visit, which is also a found footage type film, yeah. where the themes of that film and the payoff is so much better than this one because of how much the movie invests in that along the way. You know? And this movie invests in frenetic camera work and nonsensical decision making.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They really do. But the strength of this film, I really do think lies in the scares because Mm. they were very effective and they were kind of like you're seeing in like in a lot of good horror movies, you're seeing the like scary things before, you know, they're scary things, right? Like we see that guy who tells him to go find papillon and then he's gone and it's like oh what the hell that's like a weird is that a ghost or we see the scary like intensely staring lady a couple Mm -hmm. times we don't really know what's going on or whether or not it's real or made up and it kind of like put like it puts you on that back foot of not knowing what to believe like you can't like very early on you can't trust what your eyes are seeing right like i think even in the cave yeah we talked about the cave in iran she sees her dad hanging there like obviously that's not real she's she's miles away from where he was she wouldn't see that body it's in the past it's her trauma it's hallucination so like we realize that you can't trust anything you see and so all of this could just be scarlet's psychosis right mm-hmm. all of this could just be in the mind of her but see that's but we get to I see feel like that. that
1: was a big inconsistency with the movie though right like this is a found footage horror movie but, like, all the <laughs> supposed hallucinations and stuff, it's all on video. So, I feel well, like... Well, it's because it's what... The video is what she brought with her. <laughs> this movie might have been better as not a found footage. Because then, at that point, you don't know if the characters are actually seeing what they're seeing. And, like, Oh, that yeah, right. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that makes a little bit more, like, a intriguing kind of premise and the whole unreliable narrator or is this supernatural is this actually happening are they seeing this in their mind but like when everything's being recorded by their their little head gopros and the big big movie camera it's like we as the audience are seeing it because it's being recorded so it's like i guess this is all real and they're all actually seeing it or mm. maybe the mm. supernatural hell demons have found a way to show up on film I don't know. And like, they're actually physically there. It was it was, yeah. was kind of weird at times when I had to think about it like that. Like, this is a found footage movie, so we're supposed to be seeing what's actually happening. But there's all these weird things that
2: might not be happening. But then I guess they actually are happening. I think the movie's agnostic on that front. Because there's clearly scenes where the group sees the same thing. Like, the car with Papillon and um, La Taupe, yeah. the demon kind of thing so there's things that are common knowledge for all of the characters at least as far as we can tell but like mm-hmm. i don't think we know if everyone else can see what georgia sees george sees mm-hmm. when Danny's or when scarlet
1: hears her dad oh, yeah. saying or her name right like no one benji, else heard it
2: benji seeing that woman who right. eventually leads to his death like so yeah there's like an ambivalence in the film on what is quote-unquote real and what is only shown to specific characters right
1: and so I, I think it really would have made know. more sense if this wasn't a found footage movie is what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah, it just wouldn't have been frenetic, which I think is part of what it wanted.
1: <laughs> I think you can have a frenetic movie and not make it found footage though. Like you can still have first person shots. Yeah.
0: yeah, it kind of it felt like it wanted to have it wanted to have its found footage scares and it wanted to mm-hmm. have its unreliable narrator scares and that recipe doesn't super like make a good cake. So it's just like, yeah, you have these two pieces together, but it's not, it's not gelling correctly. And I think, like, I think that's maybe where the disjunct uh, is. Yeah, and like right?
2: everyone sees the piano from Ben's past, and everyone sees the phone from, you know, yeah, everyone hears the Scarlet's radio, past. Everyone so sees the scary choir. <laughs> I think, in the true spirit of supernaturalism, it's just whatever it needs to be to make the point. <laughs> not fair, of course. Yeah, yeah it's of good course. enough how silly of me to not think of that (laughs) I mean it's a hell of a place Alex it's a hell of a place it's a hell of a place
0: (laughs) yeah I I mean the claustrophobia though really really was effective in this movie and I think that just the feeling of them being so far underground them being like constantly chivied down farther deeper 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 always having to go down always having to crawl under things and He just felt very oppressive and very tense. And like that part for me was the most effective part of the movie was just like once they're once they once Pap gets his little name sprayed on the wall, he does his little mark. Then it's like, ooh, now it's like tense and like just bearing down and nervous and dark. So you don't know what's in the dark. Like it plays on all those very primal fears of being claustrophobic, being scared of the dark, being who else is down here? Yeah, there's full of weird... It's full of weird people," says Papillon, sort of cavalierly. But we don't know if that means there's people who are using it to like do drugs or have weird choir practice or do cult things or have demons who lead to hell. Like right, like it's that whole like primal fear of the dark that really got me. I think in this one, and so for that I give it points.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's weird people here. Oh, you mean this cult? <laughs> <laughs> is it's kind of weird. Choir practice, body paint, and
1: <laughs> I really, really resonated with Benji in this movie.
2: Mm.
1: Oh yeah, um, you know when he, when he gets stuck. Oh god, that was the and worst. then he's just like, "Why are they singing this song?" Somebody tell them to shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up!
2: Mm. Stop
0: singing this
1: song. Yeah, that scene yeah. also made me dislike Scarlet more and more as well. Mm. Just breathe. What? It's so easy. Just like calm
0: down, just calm down Just calm down.
2: hmm Yeah, I don't think Scarlet would make a good life coach. <laughs> no. No, I don't think so.
0: And it's like it goes against the way to like calm somebody down if they're panicking. Like the last time the last thing anybody needs to hear when they're like in an agitated state is be like, hey, you should just be calm. And it's like, okay, cool. I guess I'm calm now. Like
2: <laughs> no You hyperventilating like, breathe, look. idiot.
0: Fuck. <laughs> down from (laughs) your trauma yeah so so this movie did like a roller coaster for me i really got annoyed at the start how fast it was the middle part was very tense and scary but when she realizes she has to go back to get the to put the stone back and rectify all her sins and how she just like runs back through the entire video game basically to that point i was just like what this is
1: like (laughs) I think it's typified. She just fists the... a couple, like, uh, not wolf fists. She punches a couple rock zombies. Yeah. Just, like, bam. It, it becomes comedic to that point, and there's, like, just no tension anymore.
0: Yes, exactly. I was exactly going to say that. She's she's running back. She has to see all the stuff that was scary the first time, but this time she's just like, I don't have time for you. Punch a zombie. It goes down. The hands in the blood lake are just like, come get us. No, no, no. I don't no, have time no, no, for no. you.
2: The, the two of you are totally misunderstanding the themes. The first time she okay, comes okay. across those things, they get the best of her, but when going right. back now, she gets the best of them, which shows that the Philosopher's Stone is in her the whole time, so her return is part of the theme of overcoming her traumas sure. and the things, right. so that now, with that newfound strength, she can just blast right through them. She's got a purpose. So, got so a what purpose. you're saying is, it was Palpatine the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, it <laughs> certainly was, but without a ray of sunshine-
0: Damn it! I wanted the Star Wars <laughs> reference to be like
2: carbonite based because those rock zombies really gave me <laughs> Jabba's palace. Well, vibes. It, it, <laughs> hell seems a lot more like Exegol than Mustafar, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look it was just, so many
0: ships.
1: <laughs> it was very yeah. oddly paced the way it was. They're like, we only have time for an hour and a half movie, so mm-hmm. oh shit, we're already here. <sighs> Can we cram we it all it in like seven minutes? Can we do it in seven? Yeah, we can. Okay, let's do, can it. do it. We I took it. it to be <laughs> if you
2: if you ignore the devil, he won't hurt you. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's you know that's so, something true. We've all seen Dune now, of course. There's a litany against fear, like I yeah. must not fear. Fear is the mind mind-killer, the mind-killer, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. Right. So she's she's letting the fear pass through her, where only she remains, and she can face it. And so that was very. I picked up on that thread, but it's still just so funny to have her be like, run, 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 punch a zombie, dodge death, walk over this lake, put the rock back, look in the
2: mirror, check myself out. Climb that rope, climb that rope. Climb that
0: rope, run back, run back, take a minute to hug dad and say sorry, go run again, punch
2: another zombie, find Jordan. It's just like, it's just such a weird, like yeah but
0: fast forward
2: part <laughs> it it obeys it obeys its own rules as above so below once I have a sure. purpose and a mission, I can just do these things more easily because it's <laughs> everything in this world is manifesting what I feel inside anyway, so I can climb this rope right. easy ergo i can yeah, I think I can climb this
0: rope easy ergo
1: i'm climbing I'm already at the top I've already yeah. done it. look at that, and then you know and I'm gonna pick up the camera that was dropped along the way as well, yeah.
0: I don't really. Well, that's an expensive camera. I did like. I really like the last shot of this movie. Not the last shot, but the shot where they, they realize they come to the manhole cover and they have to like yeah. push it out of the way. And then it has that shot of the street level where they climb out of the manhole backwards. I thought yeah. that was really cool. I was just like, this okay. is not
1: the best manhole coming out of scene. <laughs> best what one is Rush Hour 2. Uh, oh.
2: <laughs> okay. But this might be. Invi- Vegas. <laughs> this might be the best anti-gravity manhole exit.
0: Yeah, it looked really effective. Like I, I imagine they must have had just like a a platform or something right under the street level, and they kind of. But yeah. it was, it was good. But if I mean, this that was a cheesier
1: movie, like, you would have seen like the Eiffel Tower in the background, right? Yeah, instead we only got Notre and... Dame. <laughs>
0: We got Yeah, we got, was it Notre Dame or was it a Pacific, I think so. a, a, an inexplicably gothic uh, hospital in the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> oh, yes, it could have been that. Yeah, actually, they
2: came out in Seattle. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Although I have to say, like, this movie surprised me. Uh, I didn't even remember, so I guess it surprised me twice. Like, this might be the highest live count of main characters at the end of a film. One of the highest, right? Three Mm -hmm, of our six. Fully three? Yeah. Three of the six people we've been following lived. And that's not common in horror films. Did the mole die? Well. I think
0: the mole was dead the whole time.
2: Yeah. Top? I think he was a demon from the beginning. Because they said he'd been there for two years. It's hard to imagine someone surviving in there for two years.
0: Yeah. And not like impossible. Certainly we've heard of stories of like extreme survival conditions, but it. If they had been like, he disappeared 50 years ago, then it would be right. like, obviously, this guy's a ghost. Or if they were like, yeah, I haven't seen him in a couple weeks, it'd be like, well, yeah, he could still be alive. But two years kind of seems yeah, just like, so again in that middle. Range. could,
2: but yeah. Did he, I guess he ate all the rats and drank all the cave water?
0: Like, Or he just knew his way out and was like, yeah, I just don't like you people. Uh, yeah, I just, just live in the cave like, now. Yeah, yeah, true. That didn't even occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, the entrance is just there. Okay. Don't listen to
2: me. <laughs> but, yeah. like, you're right. The mechanics of this movie are so bizarre because they go through the collapsing bones. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what is this entrance doing here? That's exactly the same entrance that was evil on the other side. Well, right. I guess we better go through it. I guess <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like the same thing. This isn't strange to you? Like, already, <laughs> I'd be thinking, maybe this is hell. <laughs> it feels like... As soon as I see,
0: okay. So I was trying to, I was trying to pick like, when am I out? When do I fully tap out of this one? And it's like, obviously, I don't go in the cave at all. Even if a cop, <laughs> even if a cop tackles me, I'm like, nah, you're right, officer. I'm going that way. See you later. Also, but like, why did that cop like,
2: like, hey, stop? Why does he go immediate to tackle in the dark? So my theory
0: <laughs> is that was hell being
2: like, let's no. get him in here. They're
0: taking too time to get to hell. Let's manifest a police demon to tackle you and then scare you into the mine. So you mm-hmm. go in there. But yeah, like, obviously it'd be like, hey, who's down there? <laughs> Come out. I guess, I guess that's crazy it cops too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm out when I see the naked or the people all in like beige sacks
1: singing. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to
0: just go to McDonald's and I'll meet you guys later.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah that was that was bizarre a little strange and it was like the same lady from the club and she's there as well right so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that never really had a payoff it was just like yeah it's a lady i've seen before but i'm gonna die when i see her the last time yeah (laughs) you know what i had a big problem with in this movie oh okay go ahead so, obviously, when they find the stone, and then Scarlet's able to heal Suxi's, like, cut on the arm, and it's like, oh, shit, this is, like, the philosopher's stone, it can heal, it gives eternal life. She then does not proceed to heal Benji's, like, rope burn from his hands that he suffered, like, 15 <laughs> or minutes ago. broken nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just didn't have the special effects for that. Yeah. They ran does out of budget. It?
0: it reminds me of... There's a podcast I listen to called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is like an improvised sort of fantasy podcast, but there's an item in there that's called a healing rock, and the only way to, like, get healed with it is to have it thrown at you, and then it heals you, <laughs> so it, like, hurts you, and then it heals you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah! Ow! Oh, I'm better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, why why wouldn't she go around and heal everybody, and give us more chances to be amazed? Like, she heals Suxi's burns, or arm that's really damaged. She could have fixed Dead's nose. She could have fixed Benji's hands. And like The only other time she tries to use it is... Well, there's two more times she tries to use it, but she, she can't bring back the dead. So it's the same as the genie from when Aladdin. When Suxi actually she, dies. When Sooksi actually dies. And then she's she can't use it on George because then she realizes, wait. I must vitriol. rectify. <laughs> I have to rectify myself. I gotta go back. Get out of the way. Good thing George came. All it took was him getting bit in the neck to give her the final clue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't he remember earlier?
2: (laughs) He could have saved so much time. He he saw it work on Suxi. Assumed, didn't have to think about it. Right. He's like, okay. (laughs)
0: This is good enough for me. I don't want to be here anyway. I just wish I was breaking into churches and fixing clocks.
1: If only that A4 key could (laughs) have (laughs) worked. Oh yeah, another thing. Remember when she left him in a Turkish prison for a week? It wasn't a prison. It was just a jail. Mm-hmm. Terminology matters. <laughs> and then at the end, the writers are like, you know what, we'll make this a really good movie if we just have him say, that was the best week of my life. And then she goes, me too. And they make up.
0: They make up, but
2: they don't make and now, up until the very end. maybe they're emotionally intelligent enough to have a real relationship.
1: <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> maybe they're like, we're not good for each other because you drag me into <laughs> shit. So, see ya. Well, yeah,
0: maybe the girl who, yeah, maybe she's not a good fit if she's landing you in Turkish prisons for any amount of time. There's nothing. Prison sorry, jail. Jail, it jail, was a jail. jail. <laughs> I just, I'm, so sorry. I'm just
2: telling you, they've now faced their demons. <laughs> they have faced. <laughs> They're inside of them the whole time. <laughs> Deep okay. inside of them the whole time. <laughs>
1: On a semi more serious note, I still don't <sighs> quite understand the title of this movie, Luke. So can you try and explain it like I'm explain it like I'm twelve mm. to me? Well, I don't. know the of the title of this movie to the lore of that saying to the themes of the movie. Go.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's kind of right. two questions there. Like the the title in lore, and then the title as applied to the plot of this film. I think in lore, it does come from a strain of mystic Christianity slash alchemy slash like these things that you hold true, I will hold true in heaven and vice versa kind of thing. So it's like, I think physically it came from like what you see in the celestial heaven above, I will also hold true in your own heart. There's a line Immanuel Kant the famous philosopher who was also I think a Christian was like he was impressed by the starry heavens above and the moral law within so like there's always been a, a pretty intense part of Christian theology of the connection between the natural universe and human life and so there's been that kind of like the things that I you hold true on earth I will hold true in heaven I think there's a line in the bible that kind of thing so it's like it's supposed to create some sort of unknown connection between Mm. what's out there and what's down here kind of thing and and you could make evolutionary reasons for why this kind of thing happens like trying to make sense of the world and incorporating ourselves in a world we don't quite understand this movie tries to make it like And I think it's a cool idea, and I don't think this movie did it as well as it could be done. I'd love to see a better movie do this, but it's, like, visually representing things that are going on inside of you. Like, that's a cool ambition for a movie. Obviously, as Above, So Below, this is the gates of hell, right? Like, this is where hell is located, and so... Hell is uh, located underneath Paris. Yeah, it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why, like, everything is mirrored in hell, right? Which I think is also, like... There's the motif of through the looking glass, like that's kind of part of all of this and what you see, because obviously it's a mirror that Mm -hmm. Scarlet uses to realize she's the Philosopher's stone, which literally makes no sense. But that's true of all of this anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) it's consistent in that regard. I don't know. I, I was actually just thinking before you asked that, Alex, I'd love to see a movie that does this ambitiously, like visually represents the thoughts of a person. Not in a dreamlike sequence, but in a like a more grounded way. Like that'd be an interesting movie. So I don't think that really answers the totality of your question, but there's Christian mythos around this concept and more like kind of like sectar like mi- mystical sects of Christianity throughout history, which are also infused with alchemy and magic and the occult, because all the mm-hmm. best parts of Christianity are like mostly occultic anyway. So <laughs> I've seen all
1: right, so it's both literal and metaphorical,
2: mm-hmm. but mostly metaphorical. <laughs> but maybe not in that order.
1: <laughs> maybe in this movie, it was more literal, though, right? Because it was just like maybe. hell is Paris flipped over. Hell is I well, I mean,
2: Paris. they visually represent something that's best understood as a metaphor, and and then that's interesting. That's like if you take mm-hmm. that if you take that from the literary or the aesthetic element, that's what Dante is doing. It's a like it's a way of teaching a concept just to make it visual. Right, like our best similes and metaphors are very visual because we're visual creatures. So it's not a surprise that that would be the ambition. Right. right? And uh-huh. how many circles of hell are there? I, think nine. I thought there was nine.
1: Nine. Okay. Did they go through all nine in this one, or was this different?
2: Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs>
0: there wasn't any like lakes of fire, and yeah. you know, mm. there wasn't as as the as the Dante's text thinks of the circles of hell or the the biblical ones or whatever like I, I don't think we got to explicitly say like hello welcome to level one here you'll find <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> well it's also like pulling the rock out They're like how many planets were there oh wait when was this oh the earth wasn't a planet but the sun and the moon were was this pre cornic cornicopus or whatever who's that astrologer <laughs> copernicus Copernicus <laughs> I like cornucopus better
0: cornecopus
1: this this movie was a whole cornucopus of uh science and magic and a <laughs> bunch of yeah. mythical mumbo jumbo,
2: which is it which was, is yeah. totally in keeping with the concept of alchemy and right like all of that. do people still study alchemy on like a serious level i'm sure there I'm sure there are literally you know. human beings in the world who do, but it's not like. Again, I don't know a lot about this. I only know, like, the beginnings of it. But alchemy was, like, the first attempt at chemistry because it did have to do with metal. And, you know, before we knew what chemistry was, we thought it could be alchemy, you know? Right. Yeah. Did did Scarlet say she had a
1: PhD in alchemy, a PhD in symbols no, and a no, master's no. in chemistry?
0: I
2: don't think she did.
0: I don't think you can get a PhD in alchemy. <laughs> it would, that's, it that's, would that's a, what
2: i was wondering it like, would be a history there... degree in like yeah the study of alchemy historically and okay probably part of that would have been like here were their methods and their hypotheses so like i don't know it's like the difference between studying chemistry and studying the life of pasteur and niels bohr and that kind of thing right so right yeah like well, you'd learn about what in... they did but you wouldn't learn like here's how you apply it to the world yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. I just looked it up. She has a PhD in urban archaeology, a master's in chemistry, a PhD in symbolology, and she's fluent in four spoken languages, two dead like languages, and but not Aramaic. And she's a black belt <laughs> in Krav Maga. Oh, all right,
0: yeah. the black belt. In Krav maga, which, maga, which, which was which very
1: relevant in this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she did. Yeah. She took out those rock zombies real quick. she really maga. Krav
1: maga those rock zombies.
0: <laughs> rock zombie. <laughs> rock yeah.
2: zombie rock zombie <laughs>
0: what what song is that? you're singing it off air and I'm thinking of like the B-52's rock lobster to rock zombie that's the pair yeah, of the anime, but but what's the one you're singing?
2: no what is it? that okay. one's from South Park yeah but what's South Park which one am I thinking? crab people? yeah crab crab people, people <laughs> okay. look like crab talk like people <laughs> Look oh, like rock, okay. bite like zombie, rock zombie, <laughs> <laughs> zombie. Very good, very good. Yes. <sighs> South Park is battling with Arrested Development as the second most referenced outside <laughs> franchise on this podcast. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think that's.
0: I don't know. Do we have anything else? Final thoughts to talk about. Or are we just gonna sing rock zombie for the rest of the day. <laughs> just fade out on rock zombie. Oops. I hit the mic. Damn it. Yeah, yeah I did not take many notes because I was just like, huh. They're solving it. Okay. I don't have to invest I don't have to invest any more time because obviously they know the answer already. It's really lucky they were able to just like put together the cleaning products and, you know. <laughs> Find the mystical yeah, as text. as Luke said, wow, it's really,
1: really handy that the cleaner left their cart right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me your matches. Who is ma- Who just carries matches?
2: Yeah, you're doing in Paris. Although people Ooh. smoke more yeah. in France, I think, than they do here. Yeah, but like they you know, really I do. feel
1: like lighters would probably be easier to carry and use than you know a, a match.
2: Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, the, other, the only other thing You're I wanted right. to this say... this movie
2: doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> well, the only <laughs> other thing I wanted to say is, like, in in the, the idea of the ancient riddles and Da Vinci Code and solving stuff, it's just very nice. I said it in the chat. It's very nice that these Aramaic verses and rhymes also rhyme in English. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a really nice thing that the, <laughs> you know, the word for heaven and seven rhymes in both... <laughs> English and ancient Aramaic. It's just very considerate of them, and and everyone's used the same unit of measurement since you know six hundred years ago. It's up It's seven hundred forty-one feet. That hasn't changed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what did they say? The number <laughs> alchemists out. believe the number for the devil was seven forty-one. Seven forty-one. Mm-hmm. Which I so was. So seven forty-one feet, six hundred sixty-six meters. Is that the conversion rate? That seems like too too big. I
2: don't no, so. because
0: it would be much
2: many fewer meters it would be about a third of that in meters yeah.
1: mm-hmm. so where did 666 come from then
2: i don't know that's i think from the book of revelation mm-hmm. it's the number of the oh. beast so this is like I, I i think 666 comes more from the apocalyptic part of christianity not necessarily the after the alchemy
1: the alchemy part of christianity of course yeah
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but again i'm not it. Well, imagine if Charlotte. jesus
1: turned water into gold well he could
2: but it's it context he's at a party
1: yeah yeah he does who wants gold at a party
0: he's also like he's didn't he also like inveigh against the pharisees but gold
1: can be used to buy gold? goods and services
0: it's like i don't you don't need all this gold all you need is
2: wine and hanging out with me
1: jesus christ
2: well um there's one part of the bible that says it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven than for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle and i guess that's why ned flanders the great american philosopher ned flanders says i believe the bible even the parts that contradict the the other parts and the parts that contradict my life (laughs) yeah well
0: ned's not a rich man he's rich in family and values he runs a left-handed store for god's sake
2: (laughs) yeah i just i get a kick out of the prosperity gospel element of christianity yeah, it's wild. All right. God could love you too <laughs> for 1999. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you can also buy your way. What's it, what's the thing you can buy in in some sects of Christianity where you can you can buy something? Forgiveness. Well, there's a word.
2: It's well, that was there was the sale of indulgences. That's that's, that's, that's Isn't a, that tithing. Thing. Sale of indulgences. No, yeah, that was a Catholic thing. Ah, oh, those Catholics always up to something. A number of centuries ago, but like, right I'm sure it's still around somewhere. Yeah, like there, you could do a deep dive on like really bizarre elements of Christianity throughout the Middle Ages, and <laughs> they get bizarre.
0: <laughs> the weirdest thing has to be the incorruptible bodies of the saints and how that's just a, sa- a thing. It's like, mm-hmm. come and check out the saint. It's it's a mummy. Come look at it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. This yeah. is a thing we believe. <laughs> Way to go. Okay. Final thoughts on as above, so below. What do we got? Or should we go into the scariest part? I'm nope. good.
1: Nope. <laughs> I'm ready. We're
0: Shrek? We're Shrek'd. All right. <laughs> scariest part of the movie. I guess it's mine pick. I get to go first. Here we go.
2: I'm going to defer because
0: I, I'm going to oh. defer. I'm going <laughs> to defer. I want to okay. go last. <laughs> so, Luke, I pick you to go first. <laughs>
2: I don't, again, there were like a few jump scares which startle me, but I don't think that's quite the same as being scared. So I actually, the the parts of this film that I found the creepiest are the meat and potatoes of found footage horror, which is something walking around in the distance that you don't know what it is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like the slap shot. Slap shots in hockey are the most basic kind of thing but when a good one happens it's just so satisfying even though I've seen a thousand of them before there's just something cathartic (laughs) about them so I really found impactful the scenes of death sitting walking around not paying attention to our characters but like we the audience kind of knowing what it is or like why it's there and I thought it's aesthetic was great so I'm going to say the whole parts of that hooded figure being around was really creepy
0: nice nice alex what about you
2: my scariest part of the movie was when
1: la top smashes Suxi's head into the rock uh, yeah that's that was brutal. really gross and like <laughs> i was like okay there's gonna be a jump scare happening like it's it was very obvious very telegraphed but then i didn't expect it to be like that graphic and mm-hmm. brutal so yeah that's that's my scariest
2: part
0: that one was definitely frightening but the one that got me so badly that i actually like shouted and stood up straight and like had an <laughs> elevated heart rate for the rest of it was the part where benji just before benji dies for some reason when we see the the, the woman with the black hair walk past one more time and i was like oh no it's going to happen it's going <laughs> to happen and then it like lunges out at him holding like a baby or something and he just falls down like for some reason, that just like freaked me the hell out. I, I yeah, I'm still a little bit like, "Ooh, I it, get shivers." Okay, just thinking about it right now, yeah.
2: Was it the part so you one. saw you saw her, or the part where he falls? The part where you saw her, and then he, fell, oh, like, he okay. falls after that. Yeah, yeah. So, like when that she's was like, lunging out, that was like the most obvious jump scare
0: coming. Billy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know that, and I definitely agree. Like that didn't need to be the scariest thing i've seen but a million it, yeah. jump scares like that but for some reason my my body was just like no oh god and then yeah benji died
2: well so. and that actress had the perfect face for this role <laughs> like
1: it was just, just like, like, like intense and the makeup stare, they used yeah.
2: like the sunken eyes and the dead face looking but like you can tell she's observing you but there's also no signs of life at the same time it, it, it was just very like oh well, yeah she that's very looking into your soul <laughs> yeah Mm -hmm. because
0: the first time we see her is like outside the club and Mm -hmm. benji's kind of like tracks her with the camera and then you see her like walk past the window and she's kind of staring that way and then she's not wearing the same makeup but she's the like choir Mm -hmm. master right and
2: then yeah and
0: then yeah she's she walks back one more time i was like oh no it's gonna be scary and then yeah it got me so and i don't know why it just it scared me more than What's her name under the house in the visit? Like it scared me in any other jump scare in any of the slasher movies. It scared me more than the lipstick face demon thing. Like just that one. That one did it. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> Benji <me>. should have <laughs> clipped in before he started scouring around with that camera.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Or just <laughs> go bed. down. Yeah. Go where just... Go to
1: the group. That's where safety is.
0: <laughs> you know what? You are in a catacombs and you hear a baby crying? Nah. Sorry, baby. <laughs> nah. There's Any not, responsible no baby is not going to be in a catacomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not happening. Not having it. Okay. Let's rate it. Let's rate this one. And I got to pick this one. So I'm going to rate it out of out of fake philosopher's stones. We'll keep it simple. Out of mm-hmm. fake philosopher's stones. Little Thanks. balls of red wax. <laughs> so, yeah. This one... Like I said, I didn't like it at the start. The middle was kind of scary and affecting, and the 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 feeling of the claustrophobia kind of redeemed it a bit. But I can't give this one higher than a 2.9 fake philosopher stones out of five. 2.9 mm. for me. Uh, let's have Alex go next.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like my dislike of Scarlet really turned me off this movie. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. National Treasure is a better r- riddle-solving movie. I think. What's the one where they go into dreams? Inception? Inception. I think Inception is a better Let's Go Deeper movie. (laughs) I think Rush Hour 2 had a better Let's Go Out of the Manhole movie. Sure. I think Return of the King had better Catacombs movie. But it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. (laughs)
2: I'll
1: give it that. That's damning with fame, Prince. It was... Like, if you're bored and you want to watch a found footage horror movie that tries to be smart watch as above so below yeah it's crazy yeah I, I i wasn't like I, I wouldn't vomit at this movie but i might like okay. i might cough i might cough okay yeah <laughs> i'm i'm glad we watched it that's another movie to check off i will never ever think about this movie again <laughs> all right so i'm gonna give it two fake philosopher stones out of five nice all
0: right all right look what are you giving this one
2: Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate what I said kind of at the beginning, the movie elements of this were not very good. The technical and acting parts and the script, were, or like the dialogue part of the script, were kind of sophomoric, I think, and not necessarily had to be that way. So I think it was a misfire on those fronts. But... I did really like the kind of like myth part of it and the folklore and the backstory and the themes. And I liked the myth part because it's it's always fascinating to me to think about the things that were in a culture like whenever 500, 600 years ago, like there's this there's this huge chunk of time of Europe we call the Middle Ages, which is like from like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 400 to like. 1500 right like there's like an 1100 year period we just call the dark ages or the middle ages kind of thing like that's a lot of time for things to happen people to live and things to believe and i just enjoy learning about the things that would have been motivating maybe not even to everybody in that culture but just some people some people believed in this stuff some people did it and there is a there's a small but apparent through line from alchemy to modern chemistry and and that kind of stuff so that's like that's interesting and and uh, i would prefer a better movie to be dealing with these things like but it's why i like the dan brown novels i don't sit there mm-hmm. thinking this is great literature and even the adventure <laughs> is a little bit hackneyed right but yeah i like i like the research that goes into those novels to for the kind of history and the world building of it so mm-hmm. That makes up for a decent amount. So I'm going to give this movie 2.4 fake philosopher stones out of five.
0: That's true. You know, I wonder if when Nicholas Lamel was doing alchemy, like if it was like the philosopher stone was one thing, but it was also the first time anybody had done a baking soda volcano. And if people were like (laughs) similarly like mind blown, they're like, no way. (laughs) whoa.
1: What if the whole time he's writing about this philosopher stone and it's like just a metaphor for not for being kind to other people. <laughs> yeah.
0: The real eternal life is the
1: legacy you leave. <laughs> that now that's a deep theme. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm right. excited for as above so below too. Now below go above.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Latope origin story? <laughs>
1: yeah, that that movie's called Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I just want to see one where Latope, you know, was born to the dark and Batman just merely adopted it. Uh, we get that movie made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Somet- All right. <laughs> sometimes the moon waxes and sometimes it Bruce Wayne's. Get out
0: of here. Get out of here.
2: Uh,
0: well, that'll bring us to the end. That's the end of another episode of Nothing to Fear, but we are going to cheer something. This is Somebody your Cheer section. And I will go first for the cheer because I'm cheering it's something that I saw my friend do online. Uh, we featured her song on the show once, Robin Vincent, Woo. who had a little show at the end of an episode. She posted a story to her Instagram feed about doing a set list and the one of the songs on the set list was called By Design and that piqued my interest because that's my Instagram handle. And mm-hmm. she told me that like she saw my Instagram handle, she has really enjoyed sort of watching me and me sharing my story inspired her to like come out and and live her truth as well. So that made me feel really good. And she said that in part, my name, my Instagram handling was the impetus for the song called By Design." And so I was just like, that's That's something that I've never like have happened. Like somebody's like, you made me think of this. And so I wrote a song about it. And so that just kind of felt nice and a little bit of community. was was really touching. So
1: thank you, Robin. It's a great feeling when that happens to you you were the inspiration for a song, Billy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Partial inspiration. I don't want to take all the credit because
0: I am allergic
1: to taking credit, but <laughs> Alex, what are you cheering? I don't know. This was a pretty uneventful week, so I guess Post
0: Halloween. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess I will cheer the fact that I renewed my mortgage the other day.
0: Hey. I got
1: a lower rate. Nice. Hey. It's not much, but it's it's honest. <laughs> It's something. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Good job. Five Bravo. year fixed. Five year fixed.
2: <laughs> We're mortgages too. We're mortgages too. So Billy, All now right, that Luke. you've inspired a song, do you feel like you belong in the echelon of, you know, the Cecilias and the Layla's and the Stacey's Moms? <laughs> Definitely the last one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I do have it going
0: on. Well now, Luke, I have I have had a song it. I have inspired a song before. You, of course, wrote your favorite favorite cover of Billy's Jeans. (laughs) That's true.
2: So I'm a two time song inspiration. (laughs) Good point. Good point. My cheer is, I guess, a big one, although it's still, in my mind, a work in progress. But I'm actually starting a new job tomorrow. So that's. Oh, exciting. let's go! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. The reason I haven't like ta- what's a job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason I haven't talked about it before with the two of you is that it's not quite where I want it to be. So I wanted to like wait mm. to see a bit, but it's it's still a part time job, but it is running after school okay. programs at a local elementary school here in. Oh, cool! It's actually just out of town, and it's it's like up to twenty three hours a week. So that's a good start in a town where there isn't a ton of these kind of jobs and I'm hoping Mm -hmm. to grow it and figure out how to make it a full-time job. And it, it is the people who hired me do have the aspiration to grow it. So I think there's potential, but I had a big disappointment last month. There was a full-time job here at the youth center that I was qualified for that I didn't get because they knew the other person they wanted to hire before that kind of thing. So, right. Yeah. You know, that that's life. So I'm excited to start this new chapter of work with, and honestly, I'm just excited to be working with kids again. It's been a while. And yeah. that part of the bucket of my soul hasn't been filled lately. So I'm excited to get back to that. And one of the cool things is that the my bosses are actually all just parents of the kids. So I feel like any idea I bring forward that is in the kids' best interests will also be in my boss's interests, which I can't say was always the case in <laughs> the previous jobs I've had. Good one. So I am. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> and my manager, her, she has an 11-year-old son, and he went as a Jawa for Halloween. So, Huteni, <laughs> <Houtaini>. Huteni. <Houtaini. laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm cheering. Uh, that's great.
0: Oh, that's nice. so awesome. And you're so good mm-hmm. at working with kids. Like,
2: oh, thanks. It's just, it's like, <laughs> it's because I it am <laughs> watching magic. <laughs> yeah. It's watching,
0: it's watching, it's magic when you work with a kid and you're gelling with kids mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So that's really good. That's like oh, where thanks, you should be. So I'm, um,
2: I agree. It is, a, it is, I, 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 I feel okay saying it's a skill set I definitely possess. And I know all three mm-hmm. of us do, but I definitely like being able to, this is where I refine my puns. I'm sure the two of you know, but this is like this is like this is my alchemy workshop on my jokes that are just designed to waste your time with impunity.
0: And it's really the best place for them. So
2: at oh, least you get to... it.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, congrats. That's awesome. What a great what a great way to end the cheer section. Yeah. Thanks. And yeah, awesome. All right. And that's going to bring listener request month to a close. Thank you everybody who suggested movies to watch. I, again, I'll apologize for not writing down the names of anybody who suggested them. That's on me. Maybe next year I'll get it. And, but thank you so much. It was fun to, to pick through these movies and we're going to be starting a new theme for the last month of the year. We'll talk about that in a second, but first I just want to talk a little bit about how you can support the show, do some credits. And so yeah, here they are. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, Luke and Alex, for tuning in. Alex, thank you for the theme song. Thank you to Madison and Katie for the design work of the the show, the logos and stuff. If you want to support us, you can follow us on social media, it's the easiest way to do that. Nothing to fear podcast is our Instagram handle. NTF Pod is our Twitter handle. You can follow you can send us an email at nothing to podcast at gmail.com or you can support subscribe to our patreon our patreon is patreon.com nothingtofear nothing to fear and what i've been doing for some of the episodes in november is putting up some of my notes that i take during these movies because they are a little slice of what is going on in my mind and so if that's enticing then oh boy come on down and so yeah you can do that you can also leave us a review or rating wherever you listened it helps us go up the charts. We are getting good listeners every week, but we'd love to have more and tell your friends about us and do all the things. And you can follow me on Billy by design. I before you and spelling Billy and underscores between the words. And you can also, if you want to listen to more of us, you can check out some of the bonus episodes we've released, or we may have coming down the pipeline, but also Luke where can people here. You're more of your
2: voice. Yeah, you can listen to my podcast, The Liberal Soul, this week. I'm going to be releasing my 27th episode already, which is pretty Holy crazy to think about. Yeah, I recently recorded an episode on Christianity, actually, and how I think it's there's at least four different categories of Christianity that are worth differentiating and talking about on their own. Two of them, oh, I cool. think, are not very useful in the modern world, and two of them, I think, are pretty useful in the modern world, so... I have <laughs> split the difference, you might say, for those kind of things, as well as really true fiction. Very excited to announce that as of recording yesterday, David and I recorded our second return to the podcast after a long hiatus. And so we finally, Oh wow! as maybe re- related to today's episode, we recorded Goblet of Fire. And that was a two and a half hour conversation because <laughs> that is a Jeez. big book. <laughs> yeah. That's a big so, one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, you can find those ones. And yeah, we're excited. We're going to be doing I don't know if the two of you have heard of the new novel, The Three Body Problem. It's a sci fi trilogy. We're going to do the first book, but it's written by a Chinese author. So it's going to be really cool to get a per, like a novel not written in English, like it's written in Mandarin i love getting the conception of somebody on the other side of the planet what they think about sci-fi and humanity and the world mm-hmm. I, that's mm-hmm. why i love reading haruki murakami novels like getting a, a, a japanese perspective on existentialism like i just love that shit so i'm excited life too.
1: sucks girls don't like me i'm gonna walk around and ride the bus
2: hey that you that sound haruki a little murakami? <laughs> you sound a little bit like harry and ron in the goblet of fire <laughs> You
1: know what? I like his books too, but
2: that is—that's a lot of those themes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Well, cool. I just—I guess I'm happy to know that everybody suffers, not just people yeah. I know. We,
0: we're all suffering in our own ways, and that's what makes us human. So, yeah, that's great. And yeah, yeah. if you—if you're so like those two podcasts, you know, I like the sound of—I <laughs> like the sound of nothing to fear, but I want something that's slightly more academic sounding and intelligent than liberal soul and really true fiction are definitely your evidence for that
2: well i think I it's us down whole kind IQ to call standard them deviation. academic <laughs> there may be more like i don't know i don't know if academic is the right word but i <laughs> I, word I, I, I appreciate the sentiment <laughs> of
0: course and alex what about you can people find you
1: people can find me on the Rose Key in a cave in Iran. Mm. Too
2: bad it's bloated up. up. Hey, that sounds like bull to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I heard that Alex just went into the catacombs two years ago. I've never seen him since. (laughs) Whose voice
2: is this? Is is that just, is that a well-groomed feline, or is that just a catacomb? (laughs) Maybe that one needs work. It's not there.
0: It's not there. <laughs> you need to work on everyone.
2: You gotta lab that one. It was a first draft.
0: <laughs> what if it was like? Is that is that a well-groomed?
2: Uh, is that is that a? Oh, what no, if the punchline was fe- like a cat here we eye we combed? There uh, <laughs> we go. There go. I guess maybe your feline is poorly groomed. Here is a cat comb. I combed. <laughs> what if it was here is a cat, oh, cat comb? I combed. Yeah, yeah. There, that's good. There we go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We did See? it everyone. That's We Workshop. We, we workshop our jokes. <laughs> <We> work <shop. laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Alright, enough of this. Enough of this nonsense. Next month is December. It's it's a huge one. It's the last month of the year. It's also yeah. episode eighty of the show. Last one in season four, as I've dubbed it. 20, 20 episodes per season. And we're gonna be doing movies that came out in twenty twenty one. So I'm excited for this one. And Alex, you gotta pick. So what are we going to watch next week?
1: I had two choices. One, I don't think it's possible for us to watch. So maybe I will save that for another time. Mm.
0: Okay, cool.
1: So the movie that I have chosen is, you know, funny that we did a found footage movie today. I have picked another found footage movie. Uh, So next week we are going to watch VHS 94. And it... I would have never heard about this, but apparently a friend I went to junior high and high school with, he produced this movie, and it apparently has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't really know what it is, but it's a found footage anthology horror Ah, film.
2: so it's probably in the VHS franchise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I've heard VHS 2 is one of the best ever found footage films so oh, we'll probably have to watch that one eventually but so this one is called vhs 94 like is it yeah supposed so to be it, set it's in e- 94? either the 94th one or it's uh. set in 1994
1: <laughs> i don't know but we're gonna watch v- vhs 94 perfect if
0: i haven't watched vhs 1 to 93 how am i gonna know what's going on it's like ouija 2 <laughs> yeah
2: exactly
1: Cool. Yeah, and oh, for those that, that want it. to watch it, I believe it is exclusively on the streaming platform Shutter. Hmm, ooh, nice.
0: yes, we don't get enough Shutter. Which is perfect
1: because we have a subscription that we rarely use. <laughs> we rarely use. <laughs> all right, we're on wow. streaming services too. <laughs> yeah, we Shutter too. <laughs> <laughs> we Shutter too. <laughs> okay, well,
0: join us next week then for VHS ninety four, and we'll talk all about it. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear. But can I
1: take a guess as to what it is? What no. Well, you can, but I'll bleep it out. Okay, <laughs> because
2: I'm gonna say it later. Okay, is it
1: is it procrastinating on a project until last minute? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, when art mimics life.